Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Local Earshot Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by 13 Step Tone Solutions and More Bands Media. That's me, Brad Biggs, and Jonathan Grissom, More Bands Media. How you doing, bud? I'm good, man. We got Nolan Dacus with the Psychotic Reaction in with us today, our very own Normanite band. How you doing, man? Hey. Been a while since you've been in. Yeah, it feels like it. I couldn't remember last time I was in here how long ago it'd been. About a year, probably, I think. That's what I was kind of thinking. I mean, the show's only, we're coming up on two years, so obviously it had to have been. With- <laughs> yeah, within that amount of time, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a lot's happened, man, too, in the last, like I said, we started the show in the, I was, I guess, right in the middle of everything kind of being shut down in COVID, and, and then... All last year was everything exploding on the backside of that because everything came back in a very, very big and mm-hmm. somewhat... Like the dam, dam bursting open. Oh, yeah. For so sure. It actually got kind of uncomfortable there towards the end of summer for me because I'm like, I don't one, I don't want to spend $300 for a single day on the green. And two, mm-hmm. I don't want to tip. I don't want to go to a festival. No. I just want to go to a show. I don't mm-hmm. want to... And now there's so many, it's hard to pick. Yeah, that's all I had. You know, and starting your own business, you don't typically have money to do these things. So <laughs> no. it's been a little difficult. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, uh, catch us up. I mean, uh, uh, at least in the last year or so, uh, how have things been on the uh, on the tour circuit for a local band out of Norman, Oklahoma? Man, they've been better. We, uh, I mean, better than it was during COVID for sure. Like COVID totally grounded us. We were planning on going for longer in 2022 longer tours and then the price of gas kind of grounded us a little bit we had we did two weeks around 10 days or something in march and then we were planning on going for like a month or so in the fall and then we calculated the gas and there was like no way we would possibly make enough money to make that actually happen so we went for another like 10 days we're planning on going this year for a month and a half in the spring early summer and uh, that's kind of our plan, but we were, we we had just, let me think, last time we were in here, I think we had just recorded an album, I think, with Trent Bell, and now we got all the mixes and mastering done on it, and and I'm trying to remember, we just got, we just talked to a label that said they would press it on vinyl, so I think it's still going to be... They said it was like a nine-month return on vinyl. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and so so it's been, yeah, which it was already a lot. Like, we already had a tour side. Well, we, we, we ordered vinyl a long time ago. This was probably in, like, 2014 or something. And it, like, took, they were like, it may take, like, three months, and it took, like, six months. Oh, so, wow. like, we went on the tour that we were supposed to be supporting the vinyl for and didn't even have it. <laughs> like, you know, we got it, like, after we got home. And it was like, it just, it, it takes a while. That, that was off of a... I I can't remember who we used that time. A pressing plan out of Dallas, I think, and they really dropped the ball. I don't know if they just forgot or what, but yeah, that was a while ago. But now it's just kind of standard that it just takes that long. So, what is it? Just for the sake of the listeners out there, that's one thing that's always kind of impressed me is how vinyl as a medium it's gone up and down in popularity, but it has never gone away. No, I think it's funny from a like a musician standpoint, I admit, like, I don't buy that much vinyl. I don't buy any now. I used to have a small collection that was kind of just, like, stuff I really, like, kind of weird stuff. Like, I had a picture disc that had uh, Iggy Pop on it, like, shirtless, bloody or something, you know? Yeah. And, and then, like, some other weird, just some, like, weird vinyl. I, did, I was never, like, a big collector of it. But, like, people keep buying it. And as a person that tours and, and you know, plays music on the road, that's a super high-selling thing. And like, I feel like at one point it was like <laughs> this. I don't know how bad this sounds, but at one point I feel like it was like rich hipsters that kept it going. Yeah, no, you're you're not you're not wrong. You know, no, no, you're not right. wrong. And now it's <laughs> yeah. just now it's just like not not even just a straight hipster thing. It's just like people just like vinyl. And I mean, I think it's kind of the 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 appeal of it is that it's more of an event that you can turn it on. That's where well, I'm no. at. Yeah. 
And uh, my buddy, he's a he's a DJ. He's actually doing a, a house party tonight. I'm going to because the dude's like 50, 60 years old, but he's a hell of a fucking DJ. Bring right? It. And but he only but he only does vinyl. It's and he a, said, and he, and he said last night the reason why is because he said he goes the sounds better. Mm-hmm. He's like he's like I can do cooler tricks. He's like I could be on you know on the record and like make it do things that that I can't do in digital. And he goes and then all these people think that digital is the way. But he goes, but like the he he goes who wants to see somebody spin knobs all day? <laughs> right. You know he's like they want to see him spin <laughs> records. They don't mm-hmm. want to spin knobs. You know. So I know I think, somebody's carrying in a bunch of crates of vinyl. I'm like this is going to be interesting yeah. <laughs> DJ night. I always like it. You know, like it's just cool. Like there's there's something about it that's like super analogy and super old feeling. And Everybody goes there goes that guy there, yeah, there he cool. goes. <laughs> Dude, there's something about Watch it though. Him as it goes. <laughs> no, the, I totally agree. I agree with both of you, and that's one thing has been a common debate up here with just guitar players is the mm-hmm. analog the digital debate, and it's the same all the way and down because <laughs> when it comes to records, I usually only buy vinyl from the band if I see them on tour because mm-hmm. one, it's the most marked up merch yep i know that and it helps the band the most two it's a collectible and it's like i don't listen to vinyl i i collect it i usually either give it away as gifts or give it to my mom she collects them and yeah and and it's more just like a i was there for that yeah you know because it's one thing that sticks around it's funny cds like you know like i could just throw cds in the back floorboard of a car yeah and just be like whatever but I, you know i wouldn't really do that with the vinyl yeah. you know, like, like i'm like oh this is, seems important at least they, i don't know i mean usually i don't know it's but you know it's like uh it. in you know the poor art stuff that i do like the art you know like we'd call it one of the things you can do is pour on records and make them into into clocks oh that's cool but there's certain records that i would never ever do Mm-mm. that to i mean like like i like there's ones that are like two three bucks 50 cents for yes. at, at the store and if i can turn around and turn that into 20 bucks i'm gonna do it but i mean there's ones where i'm like I'm like yeah there's no way even if it was three dollars i couldn't take that record and just like pour on it no know? it feels like something sacred about doing it or something you know like like even a guitar like i i used to have fantasies of being like oh i'll buy a cheap guitar and smash it and it'll be a big thing but then i get the cheap guitar and i'm like i don't want to smash it (laughs) you know it's the same way with the vinyl no matter how cheap or bad even if it's like a weird like being crosby christmas album i'm like i i don't really want to i kind of feel bad just destroying this thing that feels like a for one feels like an artifact it feels really solid in your hands at the same time <laughs> you know used as a weapon yeah, yeah exactly I mean, it's like i, don't know, I mean if you're shot in the dead it was used as a weapon yeah, so. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that was pretty sick uh, i mean let's zeppelin that double album that, that and i mean and that's a good example of our argument too because in, inside that inside that part of that movie like whenever they're throwing the records he grabs one he's like no no not that no one. no not that one. <laughs> not that one. <laughs> he's like you gotta put that one back like even in a situation where they're going after and fighting zombies he was like man we gotta keep this one, like. I don't remember which one that was in that movie either. I wish I could right now because I know it was something weird. I don't know, like Brian Eno or something. Probably I don't. Uh, know. I don't know, man. It's been forever since super I saw British that movie. movie. So probably something very British. Right? Yeah. Beatles. Or- Beatles. <laughs> yeah, it could the be Beatles. All right, Beatles or Zeppelin? Or, or wait, wait, Beatles or Stones? That's the that's the the debate for me personally. A Stones all the way, but I admit that the Beatles are probably a better band. But I prefer the Stones. I don't know. I would say the Beatles for some songs, but I mean, I'm kind of both. So, gosh, I swear. Mm-hmm. Flip a coin, man. <laughs> <laughs> Stones for me. Stones yeah, for me. Yeah. Stones. I'm a Stones fan all the way. Definitely. I like. I like the. Uh, I don't know. Sometimes you go to a rock and roll show, you don't want to see it all pristine and Mm-mm. perfect. No, I even yeah, I, I I feel like every year or so I go back and listen to like all of Exile on Main Street and just remember how great of an album that is. That too. is, you know, if it's super if, great. Album. If it's not my favorite, I mean, obviously that's, that's a deep question you have yeah. to think about. But it's definitely in my top my mm-hmm. top list, top five, top ten list. That one's sure. good and greasy sounding. All yeah. the mistakes are still in there. Just hear the heroin in the, in the <laughs> album. You really can, Bleeding man. Through it, yeah. <laughs> Starts off with rocks off, and it's like okay, I know what kind of trip we're on mm-hmm. here. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Well, Psychotic Reaction hit a big mark, too. I mean, 16 years, so it's old enough to drive now. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's a ways. <laughs> That's a way. 16 years is a, let's see, I'm 34 now. Or no, I'm about to be 34. I was thir- I was 17 when we started. I'm 33 now. And uh, yeah, man, it's been a long time. I feel like we've hit a lot of uh, the goals that we wanted to hit, and then we keep making more. i mean well and it's like the uh, starting a band is 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 starting a company or Mm -hmm. any entity any legal bound entity and it's like 
that's one thing I didn't understand until I got until I was done with I had no interest in music at all. It finally started to I started to learn like how it actually worked. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a venture. It's it's not easy, you know. And there's all kinds of different things too. It's like, you know, the the idea of like touring and mm-hmm. merch, all that stuff breaks down into a portfolio of, yep. in and of itself, you know. And Almost like you, a resume and it sounds really unpersonal and not not very rock and roll sounding to say that but like it is though you know i mean a lot of times for you to get bigger shows to like we have a big thing that's like a form kind of a form letter for booking that basically is like a big list of accolades i guess you could say you know like it's like a press kit kind yeah, of, yeah that's yeah, exactly yeah, yeah, what it yeah. is yeah yeah, yeah and, you have to have a you have to have a good press kit nowadays mm-hmm. as an artist and um, it's, what is it? The mountain. And it talks about yeah, it talks about how to do that like really well. So and ours looks really good for sure. I mean, for from my standpoint, from a, and if you showed me that same thing, you know, fifteen years ago, I'd be like, no way, that's pretty sick. You know, like fifteen year old or eighteen year old me would be really proud of that now, and I'm so proud of it. You know, I mean, we've worked pretty hard to to, to play the shows we've got and uh, that kind of stuff. You know, but too like it's been you know i grew up in Lindsay, you know and that town is almost exactly the same population as mayberry uh, <laughs> and uh, you know to grow up there and then i've seen i've seen the ocean from every side of the united states i've seen almost every state in the united states some multiple times and uh, it was just from starting psychotic reaction it was just from wanting to play music and wanting to go out and play shows and uh you know i can't think of any other way that i personally would have been able to do that you know, and that's that's something that I'm super grateful of that the opportunity is there to do that. You know, was uh, was the uh, the pull of jumping in and going on the road or something that you always felt like that's something I need to do anyways, whether it's through music or not. Kind of, I don't think I thought that deeply about it until it was in the context of music. Oh yeah, you know, like I think that once we started playing, we were like, uh, you know, we were young, man. We were like, what do we do? Well, I guess we go play shows and then a rich guy shows up from the label. It's going to hand us a lot yeah, of money. That's what I, that's, I think we were young and dumb enough that we were like, yeah, that's what's going to happen. And then like after we figured out that that wasn't going to happen, we were like, oh, we need something else to happen now. So we started, person who told me that was a dude named Johnny Walker from the band, the Soledad Brothers. And he, I think he played Slide on the White Stripes first album. Oh, cool. But he's like, he, so it was kind of somebody that was like on a level that was, some level of notoriety or fame or whatever, but not like Jack White where you can't get a hold of him or anything. And we started messaging him on Facebook and we're like, how do you do this? And he was like, basically was like, it's way more simple than, you know, like basically you book the venue, you get other bands and you go do it. And we were just like, oh, why didn't I think of that? Like, that's really, that's it's really so not simple, that. but it's <laughs> so, it's, it's right there, but mm-hmm. it's so far away at the same time. And then once we started doing it, it just kind of snowballed and, you know, kept kept doing it once we figured it out once. I mean, we'd use, we, we'd been doing it ourselves too. We'd been pretty DIY about it. You know, I mean, there's been some times we didn't know anybody on the West Coast, so we hired a booker. And then after that one time, when we went out there, we just basically mined all those contacts and then kept them and then reused them and then met other people through those people. And, uh, you know, after that, we didn't use the booker anymore. We just did it ourselves. Hmm. You know, if we can get our foot in the door, we'll kind of take it from there a lot of times. We're hoping to do that. We we're hoping for 2024 to do that in Europe. Oh, yeah? We're hoping so. We we had a plan for, I think it was 2020, we were only going to go for like a month the whole year to tour. And then we were going to go to Europe the next year. And then COVID yeah, hit. And the so, kibosh and all that. Yeah, so that kind of took us back a little bit. But we're uh, still trying to build back up to that. That's something that uh, seems like it'd be pretty cool. I hear bands talk a lot about going overseas and playing and there's a much bigger market for rock and roll over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the American music is bigger in Europe than it is in America. That's what I've always heard. Yeah. And, and a bunch of the bands I even listen to now are bands that are either from there or or got big there and then came back here. Yeah. You know, oh, it's that's like, the Jimi Hendrix method. I know. Too. Yeah, it goes all the yeah. way back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's so many good bands that do that kind of stuff. And, and it's like, actually, the first band that I thought of was the Helicopters, and they're from Sweden. They're like a garage rock band. They were really big during the early 2000s, and they're still out there playing. But I always heard that the Swedish government or whatever would like basically pay you to be a musician. I don't know how true that is, but I was like, that sounds super cool. We should move to Sweden. (laughs) And then I didn't think like, oh, yeah, wait, you probably have to like be a citizen and like – there's probably more to it than just moving there and being like, I'm a musician now. Like, Sign I me up, yeah, man. Yeah, I don't think that's how it works. 
the guy that plays plays guitar on the side of the uh, like sidewalk, you know, with my little like thing. But hey, the government can fund me. Oh, that'd be sick. That'd be great. I'd move there and become a citizen. I guess. I mean, that'd be great. Hell, man. <laughs> be working. Well, you've seen a lot, I guess, in in sixteen years. I mean, um, as far as touring and the uh, the whole method to that madness, mm. what have you seen change, especially since a lot of the <clears throat> more uh, digital age is becoming so prominent now as far as not just connected with people but all, all the way down like we were talking about analog digital with mm-hmm. amps cds vinyl all that so it's like everything is becoming this tech centric reality we live in so as far as like when you go to do a tour that's like a that's mm-hmm. a ground level we're going out to play music for people and then you have to utilize how to get the message out to turn that into ticket sales for dollars and it's like one thing I hate doing is dealing with social media. Yeah. And it's like that's something that you've you were you know, the band started before was a thing and now it's mm-hmm. the main thing, at least one of the main channels of promotion. Like how does that Man, we were like it a lot lot more of it was done through we played a lot more local shows. Well, actually when we started our main social media was MySpace. And like oh, yeah. that was, it, hell, man. Yeah. I don't think we even used it really for shows. I don't even. I, I guess we had a band, MySpace. I think we did. I think it was MySpace dot com slash Hot Dog Party, uh, <laughs> which is like the worst. <laughs> which is like absolutely the worst name for a band, MySpace of all time. But I don't remember us even promoting that much on there. I think that more so we did. We would actually go out and put up flyers. A lot of times, and that's, like, uh, that's a lot of what I was doing back then. Because mm-hmm. I would, I would, I hung out with a lot of different bands, and I'd walk into like the uh, mall or Guest stores room. and gas station, wherever, mm-hmm. and just be like, "Hey, can I put this on the door? You know, the door or whatever." And yep. Then, and then do it like to bathrooms and stuff. But as I got older, we would put them in bars and yep. just like go right on the wall inside the bathroom and just put them in there. Hastings, like yeah, we yeah. would always put them up in the Hastings here in Norman. We would yeah, always they do... allowed that stuff. Yeah, yeah it was yeah. cool. And and now I think that. Honestly, I think that that I was just talking about this with my friend Bobby, the other dude from Psychotic Reaction. I mean, there's two other dudes too, but me and him were the original dudes, and like we were just talking about it the other day that we should start flying again because, like, I feel like that brings in an audience that you might not get through social media. I, I was can, uh, yeah having that conversation last night actually about that 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 he you know a lot of people believe that it never like face to face nothing beats it mm-hmm. and and it's like it's a there's something different about you walking up to somebody and saying hey like that we're doing a show that tomorrow night and you should come out like and people still feel more more about it yeah but like the social media stuff like what what i've been talking to people on online and stuff because like people are complaining about you know uh, scott dammit had a post and he was any and, and i put it on our page that said like that you know, stop taking those hundred dollar gigs. You guys are ruining it for the rest of us. And <laughs> yeah. and I and I, I agree with that. And then somebody else that was a modern issues drummer, he he piped in that you know he said, well, he goes, you know, the demand has to be there for you know for the music to actually pay out, like mm-hmm. like you know to like for the venue to pay out. And I and I said, well, you know, the issue with that, a lot of it has to do with promotion. And I'm like, because because here's the thing: there's bookers out there, there's venues out there, there's promoters that think that they're just going to sit back and just do one post and say hey everybody should come out and they're just going to show up i'm like you can you can literally say you're going to go to an event and facebook won't even notify you until a day after the event's over yeah or like the day of the event or while the event's going on so you by the time you get there you're going to miss it Mm -hmm. and and so there's no notification system in in facebook that's actually notifying people when things are coming up right away no, you know, it's, and and so you don't you, if you're not tracking it every day and looking at your events every day, you're not going to know what's going on, and and so that's a big big issue. Well, and I can vouch for someone who I have an ebb and flow with social media and my relationship with it. Sometimes I'll check out a social media fucking ninety eight percent, like psh, Brad's not online. Mm-hmm. So I, if people out there are experiencing the same thing, you just get overwhelmed and you just check out it. it yeah, like someone seeing a flyer or something posted yeah. up wherever you're going. It's a lot more of a, it's, I don't know, it seems like a, just a, I don't know, a way to get people off the street, I guess. Because whereas on, on social media, you either had to pay to get them to look at it or you had to. It's like, your network. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's more of a network. Whereas if you just put post it up, they might be like, I don't know, like some 17-year-olds that come in looking to buy a Metallica CD and they're like, oh, there's a local show. That's sick. Like mm-hmm. you don't have to have the already knowing them or the sponsored ads to get it and uh, like that's pretty cool but for us to things have 
I'm trying to think of things didn't like when we first started playing, it was in the end of 2006, early 2007. And right around that time, there was it was kind of near the middle or the end, the tail end, maybe of the kind of garage rock revival stuff. Oh, okay. Like, you know, yeah, the yeah. White Stripes were and uh, the White Stripes, the Black Keys, the all those the bands, yeah. you know, all those bands <laughs> like, yeah, and, which I like all those. I mean, I'm most of them, I guess. But like, you know, I guess what I'm trying to say is that like that was the last big wave of rock and roll. It seems like. I mean, there's still waves of it. There's still, like, definite, you know, metal and stuff, that kind of stuff, for sure. But, like, I feel like social media has helped pop music a lot. And, I mean, it's helped other music, too, but it's, like... You know, you have people on there like more so pop stars, I guess, is what I'm trying to say, as celebrities rather than people like paparazzi following around the dude from The Strokes. Well, I can I can definitely like over the years uh, pay attention to Live Nation and all that kind of stuff. The following that that comes from pop music and uh, and even you know hip hop and all that kind Mm -hmm. of stuff is way different than the rock community. It takes about ten years for an artist to even start to even get noticed in the rock community a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. And, And but whereas like in the in the the rap community, you know, you can get you can get up like up real quick if the right people see you. Yeah. And and the thing is, is that because there's so many people that like that kind of stuff, it it gets pushed up. Yes. And and so like even even you know TikTok and all that kind of stuff that it's pushing all that stuff. And and I mean and then when it comes to pop music, well that 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 has money symbols in the eyes of like yep. every single record company. Definitely. So if they can find another pop artist that they can just assign a bunch of ghost writers to and has a good <laughs> voice and then just make them pop out songs every day. Mm-hmm. I mean, hell, we heard a song last night and, uh, and the guy that does the DJing, you know, Marcus, uh, shout out to him. He goes, yeah, I forget what song it was, but he was like, dude, five minutes. It's like, they wrote this song in five minutes. He was like, they were in, the, they were in there and, I, and we're like, yeah, it sounds like they wrote it in five minutes. Like, you know, and it was like, it was literally just a beat in the background and, you know, and then they were like, they're like, yeah, jump around, you know, like, and it's like the song just, and you're just like, yeah, obviously they probably wrote this in five minutes. I mean, it's just a catchy beat with multiple, mm-hmm. you know, like verses of the same thing. And so, I mean, but everybody's like in the club dancing to it. Everybody yeah. loves the song. So, I mean, that's why it gets famous. And, and what you get when you have accountants that make music. I mean, as much as I want to hate on it, it definitely makes it, a bunch of money. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, I mean. Oh, no, we were joking that I, I, I used to joke around. I have a. I have a loop that I that I created. It was like a damn use a stupid bitch, but I was like, but it, but it, but I was like, you have to make it more techno. Like damn use a stupid bitch, 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 bitch. And I, and I, and I told somebody I was I'm not just going to record that and sell it. I mean, and, yeah. and and see if I can just become a millionaire off one beat. That would be super you know? great. Like That'd just be a super stupid, cool. just a really good sounding. You know, Man, so uh, copyrighted. Nobody use that shit. Um, <laughs> you want to play some tunes? Heck yeah. What do we want to do? What do we want to do? The cunt puncher first? If you guys want to, absolutely. That's kind of my. Oh, yeah. I wanted to talk and say you guys have had. You guys had some of the dudes from Cobra Kai in here, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so cunt puncher is my side project with, and it's grindcore. And uh, it's started from a joke in a Facebook comment section. Really? With a band named Cunt Puncher? You, you don't yeah, think yeah. that we were already privy to that? It's like Nashville Pussy. Like, yeah. gee, that started at a bar. I yeah. just know that started over a dare. Yeah, if you couldn't tell, it's not the most serious, but it actually started less serious than it's got, like, we've got more serious about it. Considering music. the fact that, that I mean, it was it Vegas is in a band called Anarchy for Assholes? Oh, I yeah, mean, for you know, sure, and, yeah. And, you know, yeah, yeah. And then there's a couple other bands that I've seen play at the skate park that definitely, definitely their names are, like, mm-hmm. you know, crying hate you know yeah i know i know yeah i know some awesome of those bands. dudes yeah all of them are really good but like you definitely know, flashbacks, interesting the splashbacks and splashbacks are sick yeah. yeah and that so so the dude who was drumming for cobra kai is singing in this band in cunt puncher and then the dude who is the singer for gyro robo is drumming mm-hmm. and then eldon is the guitar player he's in a bunch of other local bands too he's in uh, the charlie's the, yeah black yeah, powder charlie's, uh, charlie's i actually he's a really good friend i want to have him on the show he's super cool normal c he's in that band too mm-hmm. and uh, and it's funny that none of us really knew each other that good before that band started there's a, a lady named kim that's in it too she's been in some other bands but i can't remember which ones right now i was trying to think of it earlier too and i couldn't remember but we've all been kind of in other bands around here and it just kind of started 
and we're already banned from the Blue Note. <laughs> so that's fine. <laughs> on its own. Like we didn't play one show, and they were just like, "You'll never play here." And we're like, yeah, "After the Black Pussy thing, since you brought that up, especially, yeah, yeah." They were just like, "We're not dealing." It's, through fun, that it's funny too because multiple times in my life, I've had to explain that Black Pussy is not is not what people think that that no. artist is at all, and they got destroyed in the market. Because, yeah, and, and just to be clear, the name Cunt Puncher is just a silly. You know, I don't know if it helps or not, but there's a girl in the band. We're all none of us are none of us are the assholes that beat up women. You know what I mean? Like we're, it's not. If anybody knows us, they know it's a joke. If but. people are going to take it that seriously on a face value, knowing it's, we're talking about a punk rock <laughs> yeah. thing, or a, a, a close a, enough, grind right? Yeah. Metal it's right like, oh, it's a Whatever. punk rock band, and they're like, oh, okay, I get okay, it. I get it. Yeah, if anybody out there doesn't get that that's part of it, then eh, you know, yeah, whatever. It go, is what go, it is. Go man. sit down somewhere, yeah. and it'll be over in about five minutes, and then we'll move on to something that doesn't get your pants in a <laughs> yeah. twist. Yeah, it happens, so. but yeah, that's this song should be beef jerky i think we just recorded it a couple months ago and we're just now getting it mastered and stuff and it'll be out on i guess our first ep or demo i don't know first recordings whatever you want to call it cool but thank you yep yep let's do it that called beef jerky beef jerky cunt by cunt puncher cunt puncher yeah, yes for sure. yes for the the <laughs> sensitive ears out there i don't think there's any that listen to this show anyways but <laughs> it's all music okay it's we all lost joke. all those listeners early on <laughs> yeah yeah whatever it was like it, you know your grandma went to go listen to one episode and was like no <laughs> That's these guys are weird let's stop <laughs> but you have a, a i don't think we have audio but a black metal project with hans madley yeah uh, tell us about that a little bit so that started, her and I were, you know, we're both musicians. We've been together for five years. We met while I was on tour. We got together because we played shows together with both of our bands in Denver. And, uh, you know, so we have a history of music to both of us. And we played together in a band called the Irish Stoops Project. And uh, that was the first time we'd really played music together other than just at the house. And we were both guitarists for that band. And it kind of, it just stopped. We, we ended up, me and her both felt like it was taking up a lot of time. It wasn't really our band. It was kind of a passion project for somebody else. And, and they're cool. You know, it was cool music. It was like 60s garage rock. But then we were sitting around. That had, that had ended like probably a few months ago. 
and we were sitting around at the house and it was black friday and we kept making these jokes like oh it's black metal friday you know and it was just kind of a joke and then it got to be like midnight and we were like I was like, wait, you have recording software on your iPad? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, we could record a black metal song. So like, One you thing know. leads to another, yeah. or to another. And so it was, you know, since it was Black Friday, like the song. Norm- normal couples are like, hey, let's watch a show. And yeah. you guys were like, let's we were make like, a black metal you song. You want to growl like Cookie Monster into oh, a mic for me, please? Oh, straight up. Like, I have video of her, of her doing it, too. And out of context, it looks so rough. Like, I was while she was doing it, like, I was... Uh, I was like, my dad, we live with my dad, and I was like, he's going to hear this in the other room and be like, what in the hell? <laughs> and, like, she did it once. Like, okay, so we sat down, and at first it took, like, two hours for me to understand how to use the recording software, which w- I still have no idea. I just guessed until I figured it out. I used a drum pad to record the drums, and then I wrote a riff and played the riff, and then I was like, okay, do vocals. And the first run of vocals she did, you could understand most of what she said, and I was like... You gotta, no, you gotta grind that up. I was like, this I was like, I was like, this needs to sound like this. And she was like, okay, I can do that. So the next one worked, and I was like, perfect. That's it. And it was just, what's funny about that too is like that night we recorded it, you know, edited it, mixed it. I made a band camp. I made a uh, I made a cover for the for one song, and then I submitted it to Norman Music Festival. <laughs> <laughs> And so I'm hoping that if anybody from Norman Music Festival can hear this, check it out, bro. You're gonna check love it. it. It's gonna be so we good. Be on, uh, next year's, uh, yeah. next year's bill. I'm just we saying. are we are available for you know children's birthday parties, whatever you want. We'll put on all the black metal makeup. We'll put on all the leather and bullet belts. It'll be sick. You're gonna love it. Kids will think it's so great. Surprisingly, <laughs> I probably know a market of people that would be perfectly okay with those kind of parties oh, for their kids. Yeah, it'd be so, don't we don't know. have any drummers, so it'd be really. <laughs> Your luck, they'd put you on at like. Noon. Oh, perfect. <laughs> the more the more out of place and out of context it is, the funnier. Like you know, but it's it was just it was just something fun to do, and uh, and yeah, it's on. It's called Alvajesic. A L V E G E S I C. I think is how you spell. Alvajesic is like Norwegian for injectable cough syrup. Oh Jesus! And so I just looked up. <laughs> They're hardcore I looked up, up there, huh? Yeah, I guess. Like I looked up a bunch of weird Norwegian words, and that one came up, and I was like, oh, perfect cough syrup that yeah. goes along with the rest of our whatever else we do <laughs> yeah well shout out to hans madly i'm I, she's scheduled to come on the show here in a couple of weeks i think so. yeah she's got a bunch of big projects brewing too for sure she's got a bunch of stuff going on so i'm excited for her to come in here and talk about it she's really really went hard in the last year of you know she went from being in broke ass radio and yeah then, that's the last time she was on and they, they were doing a lot but then now that she's doing her own thing she's really pushing it and really writing a lot and i get to see that you know from just a like you know, sitting in the easy chair while she does that, you know, and so that's pretty cool. It's cool to, it's, it's cool that she's working as hard as she is on it. It sounds amazing. And, awesome, uh, man. yeah, it's pretty cool. Well, let's, uh, let's jam out a couple more of the, your uh, psychotic reaction tunes coming up and then we can kind of wrap it up with, you know, plans for the future. Absolutely. Where are we going from here, my man? Yes.
repeat all that. Oh, that's okay. For sure. No problem. <laughs> what was the name of those tunes? Let's see. The first one was Hive Mind. Hive Mind. And the second one was Bystanders. And they're off our album, Dystopian Anthems for Lotus Eaters, which was recorded at Trent Bell's Bell Lab Studios here in Norman. And they were recorded a little while ago, and it took us, we were kind of waiting to put them out until we could tour on it. But that's the album that I was saying that we just talked to a label and they said they would put it out on vinyl. So we're delaying the release of it digitally until we can get the records in. And playing them on here is probably the only time they'll get played in public until the album comes out. Oh, yeah? So I was well, like, you know, was, I, I, <laughs> I brought it in here. That, that's a burn CD. <laughs> that's a burn CD. That's the final mixing and mastering that I brought in here in a Christoph Christmas album case <laughs> because that was what I had at the house. And uh, so, yeah, those songs... Uh, actually, since we recorded that, we went through a lineup change, and we have a different rhythm section. So now it's myself, Bobby Layton, Phil Rodriguez, and Ryan Yeager. And uh, Phil plays drums, and Ryan plays bass. And you know we're planning on hitting the road pretty hard with those guys this year. We're planning on hitting the road hard already, but especially after the album comes out, we'll be pushing it really hard and trying to get out there. Do you have like a sort of a green light tour route that you guys tend to hit first and then maybe try some new spots along the way or kind of we have basically we have the states separated into three sections and yeah. one of them is like basically going north from here to minneapolis and then going west or going east from there to the east coast and then going down the coast for a ways and then coming back through ohio and uh back to Oklahoma, and then the other, that's one section, and the other section is basically the south, and then the other section is the west. Mm. And so it's, we just kind of hit, we'll hit, you know, we'll play like two or three shows in a row, places we've already been, then we'll hit like two places we've never really played that are like different, sometimes smaller towns, or more, just ones we haven't played before where we haven't really tapped into a market. You know, there's some that we go to, you know, that we play often, or I say often, at least once a year, and you know, it's funny we'll see the same people there. Yeah. People I only see once a year in like upstate New York or something like that, you know. So it's kind of funny to, to do that. But, you know, we just try to hit it and always try to expand, you know, but then also try to keep going, keep fanning the flames on the markets so we've already hit too. But, you know. It's cool to go to a show somewhere weird and then have somebody show up wearing the shirt that you sold them last time you were there. <laughs> <laughs> it feels really good. <laughs> I, I mean, there's bands uh, that's how I am with the band out of California called Them Evils. It's like this. They're at that mid-level where mm -hmm. touring, it, it, it makes the money, but going further out costs. Yes. It's that balance. Mm -hmm. and so when they're able to come through Oklahoma, I told them, if you guys are coming through Oklahoma, I'll make it a point to get out and see it because I know it costs a lot of money to drive all the way the fuck out here. It does. What do you got coming up? I know we were talking a little bit while the songs were going, but any any upcoming projects or events that you want to put out there before we get out of here? The next one I can think of is January 21st. I'm pretty sure is the date. Of uh, There's a show at the Snug Lounge with uh, Chokehold Stab, Mad on Acid, Cunt Puncher, Sedona Crystal Bitch, and kind of creepy. Sedona Crystal Bitch is Hannah's band. Chokehold Stab and Mad on Acid both are reuniting to play that show. That'll be a crazy show for sure. And then for Psychotic Reaction, we have some shows coming up, but I don't think we have any definite dates. We're supposed to be opening for Mothership in like March at the Blue Note, which will be a cool show. Have you guys listened to Mothership? Uh, yeah, um, I've been following for years. Probably so. at some point. They're I'm... a big like stoner metal kind of band. They have a big ass draw at the Blue Note. They've came through since I probably 2014 or 15 is when I can remember them oh, coming yeah. through. It's kind of and... like them in a motherfucking ruckus. Or yeah, MF ruckus because mm -hmm. like because Turbo you can oh yeah cut. a lot of those people like in those bands are are part of that organization. So oh, okay. and that that organization, if anybody doesn't know what that is, it's like. They, they're like a punk rock or metal like type group of people that just get together and go to shows and they, they look more like a biker gang but yeah. they're but they're they're all really awesome people they, they it was like some uh Swedish or Norwegian band that that started it and turbo Negro. like it, yeah turbo Negro. and yeah. They, it was it was it was made to be like a like a kiss army version for ah. for like the other types of music but like they have bands that like come out of the organization that are all over the country and mm -hmm. they, they, they work together and just go to different venues and play their music and they're all part of the group. And so I mean, it's there's pretty a big, awesome. A lot yeah, of good friends in that group. So yeah, there's a big crowd or a big, 
yeah, crowd of people that do that at Blue Note. One of the bartenders, Joe Lee, is in charge of booking some of that stuff. And I just talked to her the other day about trying to get psychotic reaction on some of those shows. Because I feel like we have some kind of a crossover so, somehow with some of the high energy rock and roll that comes from like Sweden and stuff that we listen to somehow matches up or, you know, is like the center of a Venn diagram between mm-hmm. the Turbo Jugend people yeah. and like that kind of stuff. And so yeah. we've, we've had people show up to our shows that are the Turbo Jugend people in like upstate New York, like California. Mm-hmm. Every, and it's not, it's not all the time, but every when they do, I'm always like, oh yeah, those guys are here. That's cool. Yeah. When I, yeah. when I saw the Still Panther first, well, two times, one time I was working when I was working at Live Nation and I was, I was at that show and I, and I saw the MF Ruckus, like one of their, one of their band members and I saw him and I was like, hey, and the guy dude turned around and was like, what's up? And I, and I was like, I was like, dude, your jacket, man. And so I was like, I was like, I know that organization. I was like, they're awesome, you know? And he was like, oh man, that's so cool. And then like, and then by the end of the night, I ended up running into like five of my friends that were all coming from Oklahoma up there to see that show. And, and then we ended up hanging out with the band and like all the people. Sick. And then the next year, following year, I took off work that show because I could have signed up for it again. And, but instead I, I just decided to be a patron, you know, like of the venue. And, and so I hung out with all my friends and went to that show again to Steel Panther again. And, and then we, we threw the massive, like, we were just, like, going bar to bar and stuff. And just a crazy night. Like, nice. Good times. Good times in Denver. So, And I think, let's see, this is this is January. I bet by later this year, the that album will be out by Psychotic Reaction. The Psychotic Reaction will be al- album will be out then, hopefully. And we're planning on starting to record one, I don't know, hopefully before this summer. It just takes a while to get into the studio sometimes. And then I'm trying to think of other stuff that we have. We're planning to tour starting in mid-May to the end of June. That's about all I can think of, I guess. Other than that, I'm trying to. we're trying to write an album right now. And we got like three and a half songs. And I, we just started like a week ago. So I'm hoping that we can get more. Yeah, well, I mean, well, <laughs> shit, it's pretty good output for a week, you the, know. The, the, album, the, the album's... The, 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 it sucks that they take so long to put out. But, I mean, it's just part of the... You, yeah. you know, by the time something comes out, it's already been done for like a year and a half, but it's just kind of part of the process of it, you know, and then especially if you get somebody to help you put it out, like a label or something, then they're going to, it's going to take them time to get their stuff together to put it out. And so I hate, I wish I, we could just put everything out in real time. I wish that as, as it got <laughs> written, we could just record it right away and put mm-hmm. it out, but it's, it's hard to do that, you know? Oh, that's, that's one thing I'm learning doing the whole 13th step mm-hmm. is, is learning how to operate in the margins like that <laughs> cutting edge because by the time it actually comes out it's gonna be mm-hmm. months later so you it's like to, a cycle almost like you gotta uh, what you do now is not gonna be out for another year or so so you need to hurry up and do something right after that that's gonna come out yeah after that you know and it's <laughs> like you're on like a weird cycle of you know the, however that works but uh, you know we, we try to we try to do it as professional as we can but at the same time we're just dudes who are making music so professional <laughs> yeah Pro- we're not <laughs> professional with an sh yeah definitely <laughs> i'm gonna give a shout out to locust grove the guys are coming down to norman to play a gig here at the end of the month on uh, january 27th that'll be at the resonator and uh, if you're familiar with the show you're familiar with the resonator we christoph and that mm-hmm. whole crowd the christmas party and and all that so a um, sick show right there on main street can't miss it guys i mean he's got a, a bunch of bands with him kira what's the other one you're saying uh, white recluse i think is playing okay yeah there's several bands they're a sick um, band too and uh, the tickets are 15 bucks joey the drummer is going to be on with us next week and he'll He'll get to the oh, he's cool. The more details about that show and how everything's coming out. That'll um, be a great listen hearing him being on here. I think that's about wraps it up for me. Nolan, thanks for coming on, man. Absolutely, thanks for having me. Glad I could come on and grateful to talk. You know, psychotic you guys. reaction. Heck yeah, coming out. When is it? It'll be a little bit, probably August or September or something. Okay, later this year. Yeah, later this All right. year. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, if you want to help us out, go over to localyourshot.com slash donate and uh, drop us a line if you're a business and you're interested you can get a hold of me on instagram or jonathan on the on the facebook side of things and if you're out there and you're just a listener you can help us out in a variety of different ways jonathan so that we run on three tenants time talent and treasure if you want to donate to the show you can go over to localyourshot.com there's tab says donate we take pretty much all forms of different ways of giving money cash app and venmo and all that and then time you know if you like listen to the show just go out and tell people about the show i just now started out the new um public group on instagram or on instagram on uh, facebook so you can definitely get on there join that i i did set up the settings so if you're an artist and you get on this group there is a setting on there where you can put your events 
And then there's another setting where you can tag your events. So what I'm trying to do is that if we can get more more listeners to go to this group, then we can have them just have to check one group on Facebook to be able to pull all the events inside the area. So, I mean, that's the kind of the goal, that they can just go and look at that list instead of having to go through all the algorithms on Facebook to try to find what events are going on. And so it helps the artist to, to give them another place to upload, you know, their, their events and everything. Yeah. And then if you're an artist, you know, like like Brad said, you can hit me, you can hit him up on our Instagram page or me on john at the local com. And then I want to do a shout out for uh, Carter Combs. He's going to be down here from Tulsa. He's playing Michelangelo's Coffee and Wine Bar on January, was it January 14th? Ooh, um, I shared that. And, uh, and then also he will be, and then before that on the 14th, he'll be playing the Blue Bonnet. So uh, that'll be later on that. So, I mean, uh, yeah, he's definitely a really talented artist. Just, uh, you know, That's on check the him 14th. Out. At uh, oh both those gigs yeah yeah they're both okay. on the fourteenth yeah, he's yeah. playing the coffee shop before he's playing oh, the okay. at the coffee shop and then he's playing the blue bonnet yeah so. yeah shout out to that guy man Carter hell I might have to run over there and at least catch him say hey yeah that's mainly why I was like well we haven't met him in person so I was like talked to him a few times but I never met yeah. him yeah, <laughs> yeah so I'd probably, probably go and uh, go hang out with him because I mean we we talked him online on like through the show through our digitals and stuff and and but I have never actually met him so Tulsa um, connection yep nice. So, All right. Well, All right. we love y'all. We'll see y'all. Bye-bye.